and welcome to the HMP Governance Lab podcast. I'm Holly Jarman and I'm here today to talk to you about qualitative methods for health policy research. Specifically, uh, today's topic is trying to address um, mixed methods and what does mixed methods mean when we describe a research project that way um, and what does the qualitative component look like and importantly, what are the characteristics of a mixed methods project that make them distinct from either a qualitative or a quantitative research project? So when it comes to the term mixed methods, I have some ambivalent reactions in different directions. First of all, um, mixed methods as a project description, as a description of research, is a relatively recent label uh, that has been applied in the area of health research at least uh, for a few years now, but still um, defines a a particular discrete version of combining research methods together, particularly quantitative and qualitative data are analysed in the same project. And so on the one hand, I'm very happy about that because it might mean potentially more people getting to grips with qualitative work and integrating them into their research designs. At the same time, to my mind, mixed methods as a research paradigm still comes from a quantitative perspective. And so sometimes I have some problems with it uh, because it's almost like saying qualitative research alone is not enough and is not valid enough. And therefore, in order to get the medical profession or health researchers more generally to embrace qualitative research, what we really need is a mixed methods paradigm. My other thought about this is too that I'm a person who quite often does case studies and case studies are a form of mixed method research, frankly. I am always in my case studies looking at uh, descriptive quantitative data. Um, Potentially people can be doing uh, more advanced quantitative analysis in a case study, although that's not something I personally often do. And I'm looking at qualitative data, both uh, secondary data and I'm probably generating my own primary data. So to my mind, a case study is a form of mixed methods research, but not all health researchers would agree with me necessarily. So I have some ambivalent feelings about mixed methods as a topic, but I'd like to introduce you to all these themes and let you make up your own minds. So A mixed methods project as defined in the context of health research is a project which combines quantitative and qualitative data analysis. And the most important word in that sentence is the word combines, because really at the heart of a mixed methods project and what might set it apart from projects which have discrete analysis of quantitative and qualitative data in different ways is how the data are integrated together within the research design, within the questions that are being asked and the framing of the project, within the data collection itself and within the analysis. So we talk about data integration in mixed methods projects and I think this is where a lot of people really need to focus their attention if you're doing mixed methods for the first time. So with a mixed methods project, ideally, your project would be defined as such from a very early stage. So mixed methods researchers will often encourage people to write, uh, let's say you're writing a statement of aims for a granting institution, uh, or you're writing some research questions. A good thing place to start would be to have those research aims relate directly to the data. So 
let's say you're doing three aims, which is the requirement for some NIH or NSF type grants. Um, you might be writing one aim which directly addresses the qualitative portion of the project, one aim which directly addresses the quantitative portion of the project, and one aim which addresses the idea that this is a mixed methods project and hopes to find an answer uh, by looking at the data together. The same with questions. So when you're using research questions, uh, mixed methods researchers would encourage you to write one question which applies to the qualitative data, one question which applies to the quantitative data, and a question that can apply to both. So that's not the only way to structure such a thing, but if you're applying for money under those programs, it's a really good idea to follow this guidance. And you may also want to look up particularly the NIH guidelines for mixed methods projects, which I think lay this out quite clearly. In the broader scope of research, this is not the only way to organize and motivate your project, but I do like the idea of starting off with the research design, incorporating these mixed methods components and starting from the premise that, yes, I will try to uh, analyze this data together, collectively, uh, and find things that are held up or evidenced by the data on both sides. So, Research design is one point and is specifically research questions. When you're collecting the data, it can be very important in a mixed methods project to think about the order in which the data are going to be collected or, and analyzed. So um, mixed methods researchers in health research will often focus on the sequence of a project. So you might choose to do uh, your components of the, the research in series. You might start with the quantitative data. Let's say you're going to analyze a survey and the survey consists of mainly quantitative indicators. You might choose to do that quantitative analysis first. But then you find uh, or you suspect when you're doing your research design that you'll actually want to delve in further to patterns in those data. And maybe you'll need to do some qualitative research to understand the um, patterns that you're seeing in the quantitative data analysis. So this would be a sequential model of design. And you could do this this way round, or you could do it the other way round. Perhaps you do some exploratory interviews or focus groups. And in your research design, the idea is then to open up uh, and use what you find in the interviews and focus groups or other qualitative analysis, and then apply that to a quantitative data collection uh, method, such as a relatively closed survey. Um, or you might choose to find, explore the patterns that you find in the qualitative work through uh, big N uh, data analysis, multivariate analysis of some kind involving quantitative data. So in both of these scenarios, which is one of the some of the most simple scenarios for a mixed methods project, you are collecting the data in sequence. Uh, and so we call these sequential analyses. So if you think about these two examples, you can further classify them as follows. If you are doing the quantitative component first and then focusing on the qualitative component in order to explain patterns in the quantitative data, you're doing an explanatory sequential model. If it's the other way around and you are using the qualitative data to explore 
potential questions or framings or how people understand a phenomenon. And then you're going to take that and explore that further with quantitative data. You're adopting an exploratory sequential model. So the way that these are presented sometimes to health researchers, again, I feel a bit ambivalent by this because it's somewhat restrictive. But in terms of describing your project to others using a common language, it can be helpful to use terms like explanatory or exploratory sequential. You can also analyze the data in parallel. So you could have a, a mixed method structure where the idea is to be doing interviews and exploring quantitative analysis at the same time. And you might choose to do something more like this, where the, the data collection and analysis is more mixed um, from the get go. Perhaps if you're doing like an evaluation study where you want these things to overlap and inform each other um, and or a case study where naturally uh, these uh, factors, the different kinds of data analysis do overlap and inform each other. So bear in mind that the kind of sequential nature as it's presented by these two models doesn't always work or you might want to choose a different more parallel model uh, of data collection and analysis in order to um, do something that's more appropriate for your project now sometimes too uh, health researchers will talk about the idea of an embedded case study within their mixed methods uh, approach so the, again the case study can occur in sequence with other forms of data analysis um, for a dissertation model, actually, sometimes in political science, this would describe very well uh, a traditional um, comparative dissertation where a lot of my students will do a, a larger N analysis, uh, try to define a dependent variable or an index and figure out what's happening across the board and what patterns are there, and then do three or, or so uh, case studies in order to really fully flesh out what's happening. Now, in the dissertation, that's going to be presented as if we did one and then the other. But really, the two things do inform each other a little bit, uh, even though they're mostly collected in sequence. Um, the other way around could be you do your case studies first uh, and then decide to explore that phenomenon further using larger N data. So apart from points of integration through the research design, there are some other practical things that we can do to try and integrate the data. So I've talked before when we talked about data analysis about things like triangulation and triangulation very much applies here. Triangulation is the act of comparing two or more sources of data with the same question and seeing whether the two sources of data really agree. Uh, so you can triangulate, as I've said in a previous podcast, between different interviews, but you can also triangulate between interview data and policy data or interview data and survey data or interview data and some other quantitative data set that you're using for a multivariate analysis. So that method of triangulation can be applied here to integration in mixed methods projects. And uh, it's generally pretty successful because you can kind of use um, the quantitative data, for example, in a case study approach, you would use that quantitative data to see if I'm studying a community, for example, what are the characteristics of that community? Am I really understanding the phenomena um, across the population? 
what disparities might there be uh, in terms of the outcomes I'm interested in. Uh, you can use that quantitative descriptive data to bolster the case study and make sure that you're asking the right questions and framing the project in the right way. Uh, then you can use it again during the analytic stage to see whether people's experiences actually bear out the big end data or whether the big end data tells a different story. Um, and so that can really help in terms of clarifying the findings uh, in your analysis. So um, research design is one method of data integration. A second method is triangulation at the point of data analysis. And then you can also approach this by uh, using the tools, other tools that I've described uh, under the uh, analytic methods podcast, like diary writing, memoing, taking field notes, um, doing a bit of creative free writing around the concepts that you're finding in the data while you're triangulating. Um, you can try and create some visuals, some tables or other things that contain both quotations and uh, some quantitative indicators. So I want to mention this spe specific uh, form of data presentation because it's also used as a means to show your findings in mixed methods journals. And it's called a joint display, which, um, you know, bear with me, it's mostly a table, but it's a table that contains uh, both quantitative elements and qualitative. So imagine a scenario where you are investigating uh, hospital quality in some way and you uh, have a couple of different research sites. And for each of your research sites, maybe you have a, a key quantitative indicator that indicates how well this site is doing uh, in, in terms of your particular dimension of quality that you're looking at. And so in, in my first column of the table, I'm going to give you the name of the site. In the second column, I'm going to give you that quantitative indicator. In the third column, maybe I'm going to include co frequent codes or categories that came up in those interviews on site. So I'm then marrying some uh, codes or categories with the quantitative data so you can look at them in context. So for my hospital that scored, I, I'm making this up, three out of ten on my quantitative indicator, Maybe some of the common themes were around workforce retention, which would be very interesting and allow me to figure out how to delve in a bit deeper and do some further analysis on that one. And then maybe after those codes and categories, I would include another column which actually has some direct quotes, which are examples of that code or category. Uh, maybe then my hospital that scored seven out of 10 um, that would have very, those interviewees would have very different concerns. Uh, and then I'm starting to build a bit of a theory about what the difference is between my three out of 10 sites and my seven out of 10 sites. Uh, and I'm supporting that using both maybe the quantitative indicators, not just the quality metric, but maybe I've gone and done some uh, fancy uh, diff and diff or something analysis. And I'm including some of those pieces in, in my joint presentation here. And then I'm including my qualitative indicators to show how the qualitative data bears this out in terms of people's experiences. So the joint display can be used uh, at the end of a project to show these findings to the world, but I would also recommend using it as, or something like it, as an analytic tool to try and understand the patterns that you're seeing. 
So we can integrate data through research design. We can integrate data through commonly used methods like triangulation, uh, memo writing and creative writing, um, as well as using a joint display to just look at your data and see what you think the patterns are. Um, and all of the good practices that we've discussed to date in terms of uh, analytic methods and qualitative research apply here. You have to try to be objective. You're going to iterate through the data. You're going to triangulate. You're going to try and um, memo write in order to get some distance and reduce the chance that you are biased or you get hung up on a particular narrative. So um, doing all of that will improve the quality of your work. So. Uh, apart from that, we can also do data integration in a group setting. So potentially you're working in a team of more than one researcher. You can have the researchers discuss these themes that are coming up, looking at the quantitative and qualitative data together um, and explore collectively ways to build the narrative that rely on the data and that are relatively robust and relatively objective. Um, so group discussion can be important. You might want to adopt some visualization tools, do some drawings and brainstorming together. And that can be quite fun to do. And it can help to, again, correct any potential bias that might come about from you getting stuck on one particular narrative. So those are some ideas for data integration. They're not the only things that you can do. I think that the most important thing is to not make one side of the equation an afterthought and and to enjoy it, to have fun with it. Take your time with the analysis. I think for mixed methods project, projects where you are doing a timeline and a budget, it's really important to pay attention to the amount of time that it might take to analyze all this data. You're going to have a lot of rich qualitative data and a lot of quite expansive quantitative data. And frankly, it can take some time to get your head around both sides of this as an individual or a team and really figure out what the story is here, what your findings are. So you should budget for that. I think a common mistake for people who come to qualitative from a quantitative background is adding, especially I find this with people in a medical setting, is adding the qualitative stuff at a very late date, maybe after the project has started as a separate module. And then that can cause some difficulties with trying to integrate the findings. Uh, so in an ideal world, we would all know in advance that we needed to do qualitative and quantitative work and we would try and integrate them together. If you find yourself in a situation where the qualitative module is somewhat of an afterthought, the best thing you can do is due diligence in terms of integrating with the literature, ask to see the quantitative findings. If you find yourself as a researcher on the qualitative side, ask what the procedure is for integrating this data. Are you going to have a team meeting with the quantitative folks and discuss it all together? Uh, I would say that would be good practice. Um, and most importantly, learn from that experience for designing your own projects. So that's a whistle-stop tour of some of the ways in which we, we try to think about mixed methods research. And in particular, I think providing you're trying to teach treat both kinds of data with respect and applying the ethical standards uh, that apply to both the qualitative and quantitative components uh, and not treating particularly the qualitative components as an afterthought, you can get really rich and robust findings. So good luck. Have fun. Mm -hmm.
This has been an HMP Governance Lab podcast. If you're interested in learning more about our research, come and find us at www.governancelab.org or follow us on Twitter at HMP GovLab. <laughs>